I'm tired of the tired of the you know the tired the lazy perspectives on hip hop mm-hmm. on reggaeton like oh you know it's ghetto music I'm like okay but what does that mean like you right. know and why is that negative What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Wait Holds Up, a podcast where we talk to homegirls, experts, and others to help us live our most authentic lives. I'm Jessica. I'm Yarel. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're back, Jess. So good to hear your voice. I know. I'm very, very excited. This is obviously super long overdue. We have been, you know, in the throngs of summer and working. I do not feel like I've had a summer break at all. <laughs> I know. It, it has been nonstop. Um, I think you've been working like the early shift at the newscast. So what does that mean? You get up at like 1 a.m.? I get up at 1 a.m. and have to be at work at like 2.30. It's, uh, yeah, this summer has been a blur because of that for sure. Yeah. I don't know what day it is today. Yo, I feel that's so, so real. That's so real. It's like growing up, I'm like, how are kids already back to school? What the hell happened? This What's is going weird. on? Why is like half the year gone? Dude, dude, for real. 2021, I keep calling it 2022, first of all. 2021 is definitely a blur. Um, and, you know, I think for me, the hardest part of, of 2021 of, of what's going on is that we're back in COVID lockdowns, in COVID scary times. Um, I actually feel like a little bit more anxiety this time than when things first turned bad because of the fact that we have a vaccine and there are so many people who are just choosing not to take it. Yeah. Uh, I was around my sister recently with her boys and it's so anxiety inducing to be a mom, to be um, you know, a caretaker to kids and knowing that you can't protect them from other people who are not vaccinated because they right. can't get the vaccine. Right. Wow. You know, that I read an article not that long ago that it, and it said that, that this, this year, and, and if you, if we, rem, if we look back on, until like last year and the summer of last year and how, yeah, we had so much, there was like so much going on, so much uncertainty. Uh, we were so worried about things. We wanted, we wanted to kind of go back to things or, or, you know, our normal lives, but it was like still so much going on. And now that this year, the levels of like, yeah, anxiety and stress among like so many people is higher um, because of it's like, oh my gosh, like if we already have a vaccine and it's, and we're not moving forward, we're going backwards in a lot of ways. Like what, what do we expect? What are we, you know, what, what's the future going to hold for us? Um, not to mention there was another study recently that we only have like 25 good years left on the planet. Oh my God. Uh, and then, you know, everything's going to go to shit. So it's like, yeah, of course, you know, I'm worried about our, our children and our future and our planet and like everything that's going on. Um, but that's, that's, that's a very interesting uh, point, Justin. It's also too, like, you know, you and I don't have children, but we have nieces, nephews, we have, we care about other kids. And it's like, just to think about that, like your sister saying, like, I can't protect my children as much as I can, you know, other people can protect themselves and they choose not to. Yeah. Like that's just, so so uh, that's our, that's our happy episode for today. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning, for tuning into doom and gloom by Jessica and Yarel. (laughs) 
<laughs> we only have 25 years left on the planet. I know. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you really hit us with that one, didn't you? I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, the study says that like in yeah. terms of life, we live now, like in 25 years, we might have to be using these huge masks to be able to breathe better. And then there's going to be catastrophe all over the planet. I mean, that it's just one study, you guys. Like, I, if if we change the way we live now, like things will get better. Well, so amen we to that. Amen to that. And being better with our with with our resources, taking care of our planet, recycling. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's still time for us to change things around. Yes. <laughs> yes. There is. Sure, I and, say all these things. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> you know, I think um, I hear you there. Like, obviously, like we can't sugarcoat it. Like, this is life. Like, this is all stuff that's happening. And I think that I I read like an Instagram post the other day that was like, if you feel like you can't process everything that's happening right now, that's completely normal. And because that's how I feel, almost like it's all so much and you know whether we're talking about the environment or whether we're talking about covid or afghanistan haiti you know all that's happening around the world uh, individual struggles that people are going through um it's completely overwhelming and it it, it just feels like it can cripple someone so yeah, yeah. i think like it is about sort of finding that one space where you're like, I can work on this. I can do this type of change, but also knowing when it's time to disconnect and knowing when it's time for you to just like go and find your happy place and do the things that make you happy and that make you feel good, which is actually more of what this episode is about. Um, It is about, you know, where people can find their joy and where people can find their peace. And our guest today is someone who did that. And she found her joy and she found her peace and her purpose through reggaeton, which when you listen to it, I love it because she says, you can't be sad when you're listening to reggaeton. And our guest today is Gata, uh, government, Catalina Eclestón. You may know her best from her media company, Reggaeton con la Gata. She is a reggaeton historian and just an amazing woman super empowering what her mission is is you know really about educating people on reggaeton and the way that she does it is very inclusive but also she will put people in their place but in a very loving way (laughs) which I think is yeah which I think is awesome like Gata is just not afraid to tell it like it is um and she recognizes that there's so much education that needs to happen around the genre I had the pleasure of working with her on the recent um, podcast, Loud, the History of Reggaeton, uh, brought to you by Spotify Studios, which you all should check out. It's an amazing podcast about, as it says, the history of reggaeton, hosted by Evie Queen, La Reina, La Caballota, the the queen of it all. And um, Gata was an associate producer on it, but she just brought like a level of expertise and knowledge to the Mm. project that I don't think anyone else could have brought. Um, The way that she held the storytelling accountable, the perspectives that she brought, it was amazing. So I definitely want you all to go and check out Loud. It's only available on Spotify but I think if we're talking about joy if we're talking about music of resistance of finding 
a place in the world. Um, reggaeton has done that for so, so many people. And I would really love for you all to check it out. And it'll give good context to the work that Gata has been a part of. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I will definitely second that, Jess. I'm uh, on episode two right now. So I want to say also congratulations to you because you were a huge part of this project. You were, you've been working on it for a really long time. And I remember just you mentioning it here and there and being like excited about it and also like overwhelmed with a lot of the things that you guys needed to put together. But I'm so proud because it's something that you did being so intentional with like the music, with the community, um, and also creating things that we we did not have before, right? Like when when do we think about a, a podcast on like the history of, of reggaeton, which I would argue is probably one of the, probably the most popular music genre in the world right now, if Bad Bunny is the most streamed artist in the world, right? right. So just like, so something that is, moving the conversation forward and you you did that you and your team did that from the creative aspect um to all like bringing these these women like uh like gata like evie um and being just so intentional about it i love i love that you did this i love that you're a part of this you know that i'm always so proud of you for everything that you do but you you killed it with this one and yes please check it out listen to it share it um, as much as you share this podcast is it's it's a gem for sure thanks boo that means that means so much coming from an award-winning journalist you already know <laughs> um yeah no honestly shout out to the team at Futuro Studios as well they 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 brought it down they brought the house down with this one so check it out um and we look forward to you hearing this conversation with Kata because I think once you hear this and you hear just all of the love she has for the genre and the work that she's doing in making it accessible and educating individuals, um, you know, you'll, I think it'll make you listen to reggaeton in a whole new world, a whole new light rather. So we hope you enjoy this one. Here's Gata. Gata, welcome to the show. We're so grateful that you were able to make time for us, you busy lady, and join us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to estar compartiendo with these dos mujeres. Uh, I love you guys, and, and thank you for having me. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. We love you too, and we love everything that you represent, everything that you are, that you've been doing for music, for culture. Um, and there's so much for us for you to update us on on the projects that you've been a part of and the things that you've been doing. But let's start off with this, like telling us slightly a little bit about yourself. You do so much. You are a part of a lot of projects. You're a multi-hyphenate woman in a lot of ways. I, I don't know why I love that. I love that phrase, Jess. When I saw <laughs> it, I was like, mm, okay, a multi-hyphenate woman. But how would you describe yourself, Gata? I know I do a lot, <laughs> but I'm a very simple girl. I, I am. I'm a very simple girl. I just love music. Music to me is therapy. Music, I say often, but it's true. Music saved my life. It's personal for me. Reggaeton is, is my heritage, right? Mm. I'm Panamanian Jamaican. Those are my raices, you know? I just, I'm a simple girl who loves music and loves connecting with people and culture. That's it. That's, that's the simplest way I can put it, you know? In any way that I can engage with it, I'm an artist of multiple disciplines, whether it's visual or, bueno, soon, <laughs> uh, with actual music. 
And, you know, I just want to explore it. I'm, I'm young. Let's, let's live life. Like, let's do it up to the fullest. <laughs> you know, and you say that you're young. And right now, if you don't mind, I know it's not polite to ask a woman, but you're 26 or 27? Just turned 27 two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, happy belated. Thank you. You're 27, but you've already accomplished a lot. And so if that's any indication for where you're going, girl, you've got a long way to go. And, you know, you created Reggaeton Con La Gata in 2017. And it's the first bilingual and feminine driven digital space dedicated to the political, social and cultural analysis of urban music and the history of reggaeton, which I'm just wondering in 2017, what was happening that made you feel like I have to create this platform? Reggaeton con la gata is a concept I had in my dorm room. <laughs> mm. um, I was talking with my roommates and I was telling them one day I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to have a show. It's going to be called Reggaeton con la gata. It's going to be like MTV TRL and it's going to be great. And I'm going to be speaking mm-hmm. in Spanish. You don't see black girls speaking in Spanish. It's going to be great. I'm obsessed with Elia Calderon, with Victoria Sosa. You know, I really was looking to be a TV anchor. Shout out to you, Jaren. I, I look up to you. I really do. No, I, I really respect the discipline. And at the time, you know, I studied communications and I said, oh, um, uh, representation is my number one goal. It's going to be great. We're going to do it. We're going to break barriers. But music, like I, like I, I always say, has saved my life. So studying communications, yes, I studied it because I'm passionate about, I really am passionate about communications, whether it's organizational or interpersonal. I'm a big dork for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm surprised I'm not working corporate in that sort type of setting. I really love it. But while I was studying communications, I found the flexibility amongst my professors to really like expand with music. I said, ah, let's talk about reggaeton in a way that's academic. Has that been done before? And I've discovered the work of, Marisol Lebron, uh, Raquel Cepeda, a variety of other scholars, Petri Rivera Redu, and who basically like synthesized reggaeton and all of these different theories in regards to the history and its culture. And it was intelligent. It was dope. And, you know, it's the first time I've seen that because people think reggaeton is like the stupid music for like mm. lazy people. And I say, no, it's extremely intelligent and it's heritage. It's, it's like hip hop. Hip hop is something I listen to. But it's also something that you live. Reggaeton is the same way. That's the way that I see. I live reggaeton. Mm-hmm. So amongst uh, studying communications, I incorporated a bunch of theories to reggaeton. Actually did my capstone on implicit bias in the Latin music industry via reggaeton. So I've done like a bunch of interviews and uh, one okay, case so analysis interviewing the likes of like Tengo Calderon of... Uh, two artists who are basically mainstream, who are who are on their way, and basically trying to paint the picture of what is that their experience have been in regards to implicit bias, and you know, in a way that's intelligent and has to do with the music and the consumption of the music. Mm-hmm. And I, I love reggaeton, and that that's the basis of reggaeton con la gata, a, a setting that's academic but also accessible. Uh, to the larger public. That was important mm-hmm. to me because I, I lived in the projects. I live in the projects. So, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm intelligent, you know, and I want to build that bridge. So that's what I get to Colagata is. Damn. I, I love so many things that you that you just said. I know. I just said a lot. I'm, I'm just sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But that are so important that I want to like ask about, 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 ask about one in particular when you're, you know, when you're talking about just the genre and its perceptions, right? And then you're saying, 
you know, how, how do you bridge academia into all this? How do you do analysis? How do you do research and, and interview, you know, figures in, in the space? It reminds me a lot of when I had a music show on, on Mundos and it was regional Mexican music. And I remember getting so much just, you know, people wouldn't get it. People wouldn't understand it. it you know, mm. Mexican music is tied a lot to Mexican heritage and traditions. Mm-hmm. And when you're like a Mexican-American, it's very sometimes odd to explain it to people. Like, why is it that you like the thing? You know, and it's sometimes it also becomes very personal. So I remember when I was when I was getting a master's thinking about doing something that connected for me to explain why these new generations were so were so captivated by by the sound and it reminded them of a lot of things that that they grew up listening to but you know that's that's one of my questions to you like how how has it been for you to bridge these two kind of concepts together academia music reggaeton your heritage as as a young woman uh that comes from these spaces and lives in these spaces to an audience that maybe doesn't understand what reggaeton is. You know, I, I kind of feel, bl- I feel blessed in that I feel like each space was reaching for the other, but they didn't really know how to connect to each other. I feel like academia is reaching towards the common like entertainment space and vice versa. Mm. I feel like, you know, the hood is waiting to hear some sort of intelligent sort of a feedback and, and analysis on this music because you know we're tired of being and I'm inclusive of that I live in the projects and I am tired of the tired of the you know the tired the lazy perspectives on hip-hop mm. on reggaeton like oh you know it's ghetto music I'm like okay but what does that mean like you right. know and why is that negative like why and don't say I feel like each space was reaching for each other but that glue essentially reggaeton colagata is kind of that glue right and I laugh. I named it Reggaeton Colagata for two main reasons. One, because I saw how little uh, amount of, of, of negras there are in media doing something like this in music. And I said, okay, I'm going to give myself visibility. You're going to know that when you see this platform, you're going to hear La Gata, you're going to ask who La Gata is, and you're going to see me. <laughs> um, right. One And two, you know, essentially, Reggaeton it is the genre that that's kept me afloat. It is the genre that that's kept me alive. And I feel like it's a daughter of hip hop. It's a daughter of R&B. It's a daughter of all mm. these different genres. And, you know, I laugh in that I put reggaeton specifically because it could have been El Movimiento con la Gata, but it didn't have that same hit. So I put, mm-hmm. reggaeton. <laughs> I put reggaeton so people know, okay, that's where she's going and, and that's where I want to be. So essentially, yeah, like, I feel like each space was reaching for each other. That's really beautiful. And I think that mm-hmm. you're right, Rich, related to the parallels to like rap, right? And that it's, and what's going on in reggaeton. And I mean, obviously like the roots of rap and like reggaeton, are, they're just so intertwined. I'm really curious when you say that reggaeton saved your life. I mean, without having to be too personal, what does that mean? And what does that look like for you? Well, I'm a survivor. I guess you're gonna have to do a disclaimer. I'm a survivor of of assault. I'm a survivor of suicide, and and I'm not ashamed to say so out loud. I I carry it with me. I as a comunicadora social, I want people to know that you know this happens to people. And maybe I'm not a resource. Maybe I don't have you know all the information. But 
you know, I, I am a person who you can humanize with those type of topics because it has happened to me. Reggaeton, you can't be sad listening to reggaeton. <laughs> like, try to be sad listening. Even the el, el, el romantiqueo, the super, super sad, bad body reggaeton. You can't be <laughs> sad. Like, hey, sometimes he be putting you in your feels real fast. You do, you do but you're still, like, contento, you know? Like, yeah, so yeah. I feel like you can't be sad listening to that music. And, of course, bad bunny is new. I'm talking Hector and Father. I'm talking pre-shaky, shaky daddy Yankee. I'm talking Arcángel de la Ghetto, you know, like the real reggaetoneros, eh, lo panameño. You can't be sad. Esa música de alegría. Yeah. That's, that's music to, to make you happy, to make you move, you know? And so, you know, essentially, it, it really has kept me afloat. It's like, oh my God, life is so hard, but reggaeton's going to keep me above water. <laughs> and it mm. has. <laughs> that's wow. so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, because you hear it and it's interesting, right? You hear like artists be like, oh, like I've heard from fans, like how my music helped them through this hardship. But it's like, you never really know what those stories are like because it's so individual to each of us. And what I mm-hmm. loved was that you said that there is such a stigma with reggaeton. People think of it and the same way there's stigma, stigma with hip hop, right? Like either there's too much cursing, it's too raunchy, they sound ignorant, it sounds the same, whatever it may be. There's so much negativity that I think people like to put on the genre without celebrating like, yo, there's this is in large part mostly people from the hood who have been able to make their music go global, you know, Mm -hmm. whether you can appreciate it or not. And I think that, you know, you threw out some some old heads in when you were just talking. And so now we're in a position where this genre can have a historian because it's now been around for 30 years, you know, plus. And so you call yourself a reggaeton historian. And I'm just curious, you know, what does that mean? Are you the first to have the title? You know, like how did how did the reggaeton historian come about? <laughs> I, Dios mío. And honestly, just consulting on, uh, shout out to Marjo Estevez, an amazing uh, journalist. She, you know, needed some perspective in regards to Afro-Latinas, the Afro-Latina purveyors of reggaeton for Team Vogue. And essentially, she's the one who named me. I got to give her the credit. And, you know, um, I it's funny because I knew that I was doing all these different things. I didn't really know how to title myself. And I struggle with that in general. And and I said, oh, my God, that makes sense. You know, and, and people were eager to roll with it. So I rolled with it. Um, that's essentially how that came about, if I'm going to be honest. But apart of that, so like, what is a reggaeton historian? I literally, I am a nerd, okay? <laughs> this is yes. one of the academic. <laughs> love the good, love yes. the nerds. <laughs> nerds winning, yes. This is when the nerd part of me really comes out. I literally have timelines of reggaeton, timelines within timelines of timelines. Like, I, I love reggaeton. I love synthesizing different things, figuring out how it fits into society. You know, just essentially trying to analyze it in every which way possible. I feel like, at least for me, I can't speak for other people. I haven't met any other historians, but, you know, at least for me, that's what being a historian means. Trying to get my timelines together. I actually am very, like, adamant about that. What came first? Who did what? And more so, and what's important to me personally and professionally, dando los flores, giving people their their Mm. flowers. Because that's something that I feel is is lacking in this music a lot. Not just in reggaeton, but in in hip-hop in general. There's a lot of yeah. flowers to be given and there's a lot of flowers, and, you know, for people to to smell the mother alive. Right. Mm. I'm adamant about spelling all of my flowers. I will spell all of my flowers 
while I'm here. I don't want to, you know, be revered after I'm gone. I want to do this now. <laughs> and that's the kind mm. of energy that I'm trying to bring to this space and to my work. Absolutely. Damn. So many, so many beautiful things you say, Gata. So many beautiful things like that you share. I love that. You know, I, I love also this idea reggaeton saving you, helping you, guiding you, being a huge part of your voice, of your identity. Do you remember, can you take us back to like that moment, that song you were listening to um, that made you really identify with the music, that made you fall in love with music, an artist that kind of shaped that for you? You know, we we listen to reggaeton desde que, since we can walk, Gary. <laughs> but, no, but a specific memory I have more so when I'm like, oh my God, this music is my soul. I need this. It's, um, honestly, it's funny, but sixth grade, Rakimi Kenwai came out with the masterpiece. First album where I can say I know every single song from down to me matas igual que ayer I know every single <laughs> song. like it's my hymnal but come on like that that album has so many emotions it's so I intelligent wow. <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously that try to be sad listening to that album and don't get me wrong there are some songs that are like very like sad but then they bring you back up right goes down and up it's very versatile it's very three-dimensional that I say it has to be my earliest like conscious memory like oh my god this music is it I need more of this all the time it was LimeWire days too so I remember oh just <laughs> ripping things man <laughs> I'm so sorry but I remember LimeWire and Aries and all those different companies absolutely I was on it early we seen Yandere like Dios mío yes but yes. would you say that they were like your would you say that you have that they are your favorite artists or they were your favorite artists at that time at the time your yes group? but my favorite I know I can't even say that. My favorite artists have been the same, and I'm I'm only coming to accept Hell this as of recently. Blombe, I've never been more heartbroken that a duo have broken up. I'm literally mourning. <laughs> I'm mourning. <laughs> I'm mourning. I oh talk to Mandy. I talk to Mandy pretty often. He's the rapper of the two. Super, super talented. Super humble. Trust me with his artists. I've been interviewing them on my platform. Chencho is, is doing his own thing. What they have going on, I don't know. I don't ask. We are not best <laughs> friends yet. We will be, but we're not yet. You know, it's, it's for Plan B that I have the nickname Gata. <laughs> they're, um, they're some Guataúba. I used to play softball. And, you know, of course, they're not going to be like, Kathleen, Kathleen. So long, so American, just not, not exciting. So then my friends would be like, okay, how do we make this, like, more convenient? Gata. Oh, la gata. Yes. Kathleen, Kat, Gata. And yes, it fue como pegó. And I was also obsessed with Guataúba. It just, it went together. Absolutely. Wow. That's so <laughs> dope. We didn't know that of you. I know. I'm so mad I don't have a cool, like, name Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it's so, it's such a good, it connects so well. Like, yeah. It per, it's so perfect. That, so perfect. It literally, and also, like, reggaeton con la gata. It's like, reggaeton is such, like, a mouthful that it's, like, the rest just, like, wall like falls right out mad easy mm -hmm. I think what's what's so dope is you you obviously we know that your work is based in music and the music it comes from a love it comes from like this is something that again like you said it saved your life and but beyond like the dope beats and lyrics you also look at the genre in a very critical lens right you you say like you analyze you celebrate you critique many of its political social and cultural aspects and you know i think we've mentioned this to each other it's like the same thing where you could be so in love with something and sometimes it like hurts you 
and that happens with you and reggaeton. And I'm just wondering what have been some of the most, either some of the biggest or most important stories or moments that have gone beyond the music for you in the past year? Bueno, <laughs> this past year was a lot. It was just, I, I always call it reggaeton because of the lack of negras. There are no, yeah. name me one. <laughs> like I love Goyo, but she she's more versatile and she agrees with me. She does a bit, you know, of a mix, mixture of genres. She's not like a reggaetonera. Does she do reggaeton? Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. But she a reggaetonera? No, hay una diferencia. No está dedicada al perreo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was Glory Glow. She no longer sings. Even though I see some pictures of her in the studio, I'm very curious. La Sista, I don't know what's going on with her, but she should have a major deal and she doesn't. There's mm-hmm. no love for negras and reggaeton. I'm naming like one or two versus Carol G, Mariah Angelique, Carol, eh, ay Dios mío, iba para Carol G otra vez. But you get my point, like, I, you know, yeah. it's a variety. So, you know, essentially just, just that, negras and reggaeton, it's heartbreaking how it started with, the El Movimiento started with Renato's Chica de los Ojos Café, literally celebrating a negra to like, you speak Spanish? You want to do reggaeton? Like what? Like it's it's, it's right. such a huge juxtaposition. Aparte de eso, claro, there was the big, I don't even know what to call it. Just ridiculous exposure or holding up of the mirror of this industry really that occurred after the death of murder of, of excuse me, George the death Floyd. of George Floyd. It was extremely emotional for me personally, but also an opportunity, I guess, to expand the thinking mm-hmm. of others which is essentially what I hope to do as a comunicadora social. I'm very grateful to have written that article for Remezcla, where, you know, I basically laid it all out, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of our faves have really shown themselves I mean, their lack of awareness during that time, whether it's from J Balvin tokenizing his, I don't even know what she is, a maid or something, or Carol G with her black and white dog, or Masuela Para with a black and white car costs the same. Like it's, it's, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. This past year was a lot in regards to um, reflection or lack thereof, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, I recall Karoji recently, I, I forget what article it is for which publication, but essentially says that a lot of opportunities were taken off the table. And I'm like, I would not know you, you're everywhere. <laughs> Dusa right. is like, is yeah. doing great. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And not to pick on her because it's not about one or two people. It's about collectively a system of a system that coincides, unfortunately, and it sounds extreme, but with white supremacy. Latinidad is based in whiteness, if we're going to be honest. Latinidad mm-hmm. does not celebrate Black people. It takes from Black people. It tokenizes Black people, but it doesn't celebrate us. We're not in the center, you know? Mm. We're a nuisance in some instances. So. Mm. I feel like, you know, um, this past year really helped people understand like, yes, um, systemic racism is a problem in the United States, but also in, in Latin America, America. Yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, right. it's, there's education to be done at all sides on all levels at all times. I'm black mm-hmm. and um, it's not that I'm an expert because, you know, I, I'm black. I went to school. I, I study these things. And I can say that honestly. I understand that there are people who don't know what the heck I'm talking about. But, you know, it's it's it was an opportunity for people to learn and l- know what they learn, what they don't know and mm-hmm. expand on that and hopefully build for a better future. So, right. Absolutely. 
and all and and also to like for you know fans and and people that follow the music hold hold their artists to accountable you know for like what do they represent what do they stand mm-hmm. up for we saw it a lot in, in latin america i mean i think it was just like this curtain that was like oh no it this is real racism is real in latin america don't try to like just talk about not not talk about it when it's not convenient mm-hmm. for you um, and, and I'm just curious to know what you think about like the industry in and of itself. You know, what is the industry not getting about race? What is it not doing? And like, what are what are the changes? That, and not and not just the Latin music industry. I'm talking mm-hmm. about just like the music industry in general. We need to understand about race and about music. If they is that there are some things that the Latin music industry doesn't understand, or at least maybe is willfully. This is the thing I haven't been able mm, to, to nail which down. Is it, right? Right. I haven't been yeah. able to nail it down with the with the research that I've done. Are you willfully obtuse or do you just are you straight up ignorant? I don't know. Yeah, I cannot right. answer that mm. question. But I have to bring this up because there is a sort of dichotomy in the American music market, at least for no menos, right? It's Black artists dominating. You see Saweetie, mm-hmm. you see Cassie, you see Cardi B, you see Nicki Minaj. The most powerful artists in all of Beyonce, music son tres yeah. caribeñas. Cardi, Nicki, and Rihanna. Yeah, you right. know, and we, we're not asking ourselves why can't that happen in the, in the Latin American market? Las tres mm. son caribeñas. You know, mm-hmm. Cardi is so powerful. She can literally be like, okay, I can collab with Anwen one day and, you know, with whoever the next day. Like, right. that's power, you know? Yep. And that, that's power that comes from negras. And I have to center Black women because, like Michael Mack said, we are the most disrespected in America. I'll say yeah. in the Americas, right? And so, I would maybe even go to the world, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, sadly, but it's it's true because you're, yeah. you, you, you're Black everywhere. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But what that said in regards to, you know, what you're asking, I feel like, you know, what needs to happen is you know, the, the asking of these questions, nobody's in these spaces wondering, is this overwhelmingly beige? <laughs> Not to be mm. disrespectful, but come on, there's no, there's no sazon in none of these spaces. And if there is, there's a tendency to want Black things without Black people, right? Mm. That's why mm. we see our favorite artists with very dark makeup and like all the aesthetics of Black people without actual Black people. It's like, you don't have to do all of that. <laughs> you didn't have to dump all that fancy. <laughs> you could have just uh, you could just hire me. I don't know. But um, you know, it's 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 these are the type of questions that need to be asked. Like, why do we want black things without black people? That's the mm. way in which this change would come to be. I I truly yeah. believe. It's crazy because I'm with you, right? One of those, like, I don't know which it is. Are y'all just completely like oblivious? Or are you just choosing not to look in the direction where all the noise is coming from? Because Which is a luxury. Right. It is right. a complete luxury. Right. And it's also it's also super tone deaf because you're assuming that that noise is going to go away. Mm-hmm. And I think if we've seen anything over the past few years is that the movements only get louder, right? Black Lives Matter did not kick off last year, much to the... I'm so, I'm sure awakening of millions of people. No, Black Lives Matter has been making noise for years. Right. And right. we felt the the volcano erupt last year. Yeah. I don't think that these conversations are going anywhere and it's actually still moments like 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 now where I'm like 
How is no one in that room? How did no one say, that's probably not yeah, the that, best yeah. like, look for you right now? Or, right. okay, look, you had this interaction last year. We're going to make sure you get the proper education so that you don't say things like, there's no racism in your country. Because, or mm-hmm. colorism, or I don't see color, or just like learning the basics, because I also think that there's a conversation, and I, I'm, I've never lived in Latin America, right? I was born in New York, and my and, and, that's, and then I'm in LA, and I've lived, actually, I did live in Costa Rica, but that was 10 years, 12 years ago at this point. It, there was nothing going on with reggaeton at that, in Costa Rica at the time. But what I will say is that I know that there's different conversations happening amongst U.S. Latinos. And with Latin America. And I get that. But the reality is, is like, you're, go- you're a global artist for many of these people at this, at this point. You're not right. going to go to a concert in the Dominican Republic and be like, hola, mi gente de Puerto Rico. No, your team is going to prep you. Be mm-hmm. like, I know you're tired. You've been doing nonstop shows. But this is where you are. This is this person we need you to shout out because they helped us get this venue or whatever it mm. may be. And, you know, and you're going to say, wow, y'all won a, a championship yesterday. You're going to tell them the local news or something like that because it's your job. So to not yeah. assume that these other things are a your job, but also like your human responsibility, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's just it gets a little fr- it, it gets very frustrating as time goes on. Imagine how I feel. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, and I'm not even a black woman. So like, yeah. who is, not, I'm not a black woman, but I'm also not someone who's dedicated my work to the genre, right? So you're like, y'all, you just see it unravel, And you're like, I'm yeah. trying to help you. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to be like the, the gum enemy. at the bottom. Right. Yeah. I'm not the gum at the bottom right. of your shoe. Like, stop being like, I got that, por favor. You know what I mean? Right. I'm very... And that's that with, with all of this too, you know, I'm just, I, I think about, because I feel like last year, so many people have reached out to you. Do, you. do you get tired of answering? Like, it's like Afro-Latinidad, all these questions about the music and the space. Does it ever get to be like, here we go again? No. If I was doing it for a while, maybe. Um, I'm friends with a lot of sociocritics, close friends. My best friend is a sociocritic, one of the biggest. And I understand her in not wanting to do it. But really, this is my my time, you know, Um this is the first time I've really, this pandemic, of course, is extremely traumatic, but for mm-hmm. me, it has been a blessing in that I've been able to gain um, visibility. I've been able to expand my network, expand the, the viewership of my work, et cetera. This is a blessing. This is my time. This is my moment to speak on this. If I was like five years in <laughs> and I'm still being asked, sure. But realistically, started Reggaeton Con La Gata 2017, 2018, I'm still getting the rhythm. 2019, still getting the rhythm. Thanks for picking up. 2020, blew up. So no, mm. I would if I was at this for much longer. But realistically, yeah. this is the first time I've, I've had the mic in mm-hmm. such a large presence. I'm very grateful for it. Don't get me wrong. There are moments where I'm like, I'm exhausted, where I'm like, <laughs> please don't just hit me up during the next heritage mile yeah, like, yeah, Black yeah, exactly. don't do exactly, it right, don't do it right. this is year-long work like come on and it's, it's more insulting than anything but more than that no I can say honestly that a lot of people have been spreading it out and and really making honest efforts and wanting to learn in a way that I can really appreciate so as long as there's like a, a an honest intention mm. I'll be fine mm. when it's that sort of like hey, can you get 
the black girl to do the black thing i see it from a mile away i don't engage if i've engaged i promise you like i trust the intention and that's the only reason why i have engaged mm-hmm. all money's not good <laughs> amen amen True. to that i actually was watching um watching something about like creating your vision statement or mission statement and it was essentially like you're your vision is going to be something that you would sacrifice for and sacrifice in many times is that money, right? Like, you know what your goal is, you know what it is that you're trying to do. And like, not every platform, not every opportunity is going to move you towards that. So I think that that's like, just shows like the conviction in the work that you're doing. And also just one of the reasons why people are naturally gravitated towards you, right? Mm-hmm. Other than like yeah. your really infectious, positive energy and smile and, and and like your smile and your laugh, you're like, you've got this like infectious laugh, but it's also that conviction that you have for your work, mm-hmm. which we love. It's admirable. And, yeah. And it's super admirable for sure. Stop it, guys. <laughs> I know. We just want to make you cry. Come on, girl. We want our Oprah moment. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> as an academic and as a sought after speaker, what is the most common question that you get about reggaeton? What I think about Rosalia really i am tired that is one thing i'm tired on i i don't know (laughs) what else is there to say i always say anyone can make music i will always say that i will always say that if you are white i don't care if you're latino european lo que sea if you're white and you're entering a space that's predominantly black you need to ask yourself some questions what am i creating what am i you know engaging with who has visibility, who does not, why, and how can I make space for others? That's a valid mm. question amongst any genre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do I feel about Rosalia? That she's pretty, that she can sing, <laughs> and that if she enters a space to make room, that's it. That's all mm. I want. That's all I want from any artist. Esa tipa talentosa, bella, sabe? I'm not gonna, I'm not a hater. I'm not gonna speak negative on, on, on her but like more so like that's something which people would stop asking me yeah and like that people would just understand that it's not about her it's about a system of a recycled like that's a pattern right um someone blows up is this is Iggy Azalea number two like you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. and even then I would I feel like that's an insult to her because she can actually say I'm sorry this is getting messy can sing she can sing okay they're singing yeah, yeah. Sing. Yeah. she can sing yeah. Iggy's a rapper she's she was constructed by T.I. she accepts it we accept it whatever but you know um this is a repetition of that no and that you're like, oh, a white artist is marketable. Let's just plug her in and just make her and just do it. But, you know, on the flip side, she is talented. So she does deserve what she gets. You know what I'm saying? In regards to her her um, awards mm. and, you know, her space and et cetera, like that. Eso es lo único yeah. que tengo que decir. Aparte de yeah. eso. Aparte de eso, it's like, um, and I'm very, um, I'm very honored in that, I'm sorry if this is awkward. My podcast, Better 101, has been answering a lot of questions. So I've been not approached with a lot of questions in regards to reggaeton per se, but more so a lot of a gratitude because people mm. were like, I know that this and this is connected, but I didn't know how. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you. Because, you know, I've been approached as well. They're like, you're a reggaeton historian and you give a lot of analysis. And I'm like, yeah, because I recognize a lot of people don't know what they're looking at. 
You know, they don't right. know. They know that there's rap and hip hop and reggaeton, but they don't understand the glue. They don't get it. Mm. And it's like, I would love to make my podcast more like storytelling. This is where it started. This is where it's going. This is where it ended. But if if I tell you and you don't know what you're looking at, this, are you going to hear anything? No, I would right. rather explain it all. And then, you know, once season one is over, which I know I'm dragging yeah. my feet, I have a book coming out. I have to wait. Um, they're little breadcrumbs of my book, but essentially, no, when I'm ready to just complete the season, uh, number one, number two would be more like that. Just telling you, okay, this is where I started. This is where I ended, et cetera. I only see mm. three seasons realistically, um, mm-hmm. for that, because after that, it's done. Like what else is there to say? That's it. Right. <laughs> Now it's like, enjoy the music. Follow me on Twitter. Yeah. I'll keep commenting. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, I do really, um, sorry, Yadi, I just wanted to say regarding what you said with Rosalia, I do appreciate the fact that you sort of have this like criteria because I think that that works also in many other spaces as well, yeah. um, not just within music. But I think that it, it kind of goes to if anyone's like, well, what can artists do, you know, because you're not saying that there shouldn't be these artists in the genre. Um, it's more about who are you holding the door open for? Who are you mm. yanking up, right? Yep. Who are you bringing with you? Yep. Because if you want to say I'm, you know, anti-racist, um, I'm not even like, I, like if you want to be about the work of anti-racism, like it's going to involve effort. It's not just going to involve you being in your corner and commenting on Black History Month or whatever it may be. It's got to be intentional. And again, these yeah. people have enough te- people in their team who can help do that work as well. Yeah. And Gata, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned women artists and like Nikki, Rihanna being, you know, leaders of music around the world, them being Black women. And I wonder if, if you know, we, we, and, and I'm going to ask this in regards to the Arcangel Anita situation. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, do you think that even in like Latinx cultures, there's still a sense of like also like machismo ingrained in environments that does not allow for women to have this, uh, like the space that they deserve? I mean, I, I remember hearing Evie Queen speak about it and, and being like, yo, like I wanted to rap and I wanted to be in these spaces and there weren't any women. And I wanted to answer back to what they were saying about, about women. And actually, before, I'm sorry, you got that, but before you do answer that, can you also like summarize what the situation was between um, between Anita and Arcangel, just for those who are listening who don't know? Absolutely. So Arcangel, unfortunately, the comments of labeling women as serious, serious women are those who, you know, are stereotypical, like, you know, cooking clean, <laughs> you know, the ones who like act in a certain way that are respectable, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who don't show their butts on Instagram. That was his big thing. He's like, mujeres serias no enseñan en, en Instagram. And I'm like, hold on, you have music videos with us. I'm like, so, you know, it was ridiculous. And that he said that and Anita Anita was like, excuse me, basically. And, you know, Anita's all about sex positivity. And she put out a statement, which was rather lovely. And she also posted a picture of herself in a thong, which, you know. And she got some nice booty, so it was like, girl, do your thing. Show it, girl. Show it. And I did, too. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yes. No, no, but, yeah, that situation was rather ugly. 
for a variety of reasons. I mean, what's more serious than a woman who has to work in that setting? I'm not embarrassed. I am, again, I wear many hats. I used to be a stripper, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like two years ago, not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it's freaking hard. Everybody thinks strippers have like this easy life. Like you're just naked. In the th- no, you're in a club. You have to battle the bartenders versus the strippers. That's like a whole other dichotomy mm. that people don't know about. And then the men, there are men who go to the club. Yes, because they like what they look at. And there are men who hate women. They hate women and they still go and they want you to like prove yourself. You're already half naked. What else do you want? And, you know, you still have to like pretty much tease up the ego so that they'll open their wallet. It's like it's, it's, it's being a stripper so difficult. So I bring that up to say, um, you know, there's nothing more serious than a woman who has to do that. Think about that. You mm. have to do that. The reason why I left that work is because I was like, OK, I'm educated not to be that person, but. I really don't need this. I wanted this. I didn't need this. There's a difference, mm-hmm. you know? Women who need this, all, all the kudos to them because this is not easy work. So for him, you know, and I, it does relate to what he said because mujeres serias, CEO or manager or stripper, lo que sea, all women deserve respect, period. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Period. Forgive me, Yare, I forgot your question. <laughs> No, no, I was just, I wanted you to like, you know, touch base on that. And like also to, you know, I deal with it a lot in, you know, in a lot of spaces that I work with. I dealt with it a lot in like regional Mexican music and in like machismo being a huge part of like these ideas. So that's how I wanted to connect. Like, oh, la mujer seria, no ando enseñando las nalgas. Mm -hmm. La mujer seria is is at home, da, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. at home cooking and cleaning. Mm -hmm. And these are ideas that are ingrained in, in the culture and not just Latino culture, you know, and, and many cultures with, and women not being elevated, not being respected, and then not given the spaces to shine. Absolutely. And on the same note, I hear a hundred percent what you have quoted Evita have said, because for a while she was the only one. Mm-hmm. She was the only one. I can't think of how difficult that was. She really right. is mamá de los pollitos. She wasn't really one on the commercial level. On the underground level, there were other women, right? La Trevida is the first woman of El Movimiento, I don't say urban, El Movimiento. And she was from Panama. She made anthems like Aventura y Romance, talking about, you know, getting yours and making sure you get yours and the men get theirs after and all that Mm. stuff. And, you know, she really was making anthems, but she was singing to women. When reggaeton was really selling, they're selling, reggaeton sells in such a weird way culturally. Women have to validate the men, but it's men who want to consume the lyrics. But without the validation of women, they're not going to consume it. I've noticed that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if men have to make sure the song is sexy, the women Mm -hmm. like it. If the women like it, the men are all over it. You know what I'm saying? And you make it machista on top of that. Oh, it's golden. You know what I'm saying? That there's a sort of formula with that. And especially um, it turns into machismo and like how men see themselves and how men think women see them as well. It's very interesting. Um, reggaeton in this, in this sort of like context. Evie Queen, I can only imagine. It was Evie Queen, La Sista, Glory Glow, eh, Orquídea Negra of LBA, Demfra of Panama, Lorna of Panama, six women versus how many men? <laughs> I'm talking wow. up until like maybe 2005, what I, right? Wow. Um, if you're going to talk about that early era. So Evie Queen wanted to tirarle a los hombres, that's extremely difficult because they're going to be like, right. quédate en tu lado de las mujeres, right. stay in your, in your woman lane. She sucks. But 
I wish she would have, and I imagine this would have been hard for her, try to cross over with the American market because maybe she would have found reinforcement, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very impossible topic, but very interesting to think about. I mean, she it speaks volumes as to how she really held her own. She really did. Yeah. Yeah, like wow, answering and answering and being like, you know, tú no vas a decidir cuando voy a la cama. Like, yo te voy a decir a la cama voy cuando yo quiero. You know, like how crazy must have been for guys listening to her and, music and being like, being like, ¿qué, qué tú crees? They right. have a hard like, time no. hearing that now. No. I can't yeah. imagine when that came out. I can't even imagine. You know, it's so true. And you know, I think that you've spoken about so much of of your past and so much of who has. Of, of the influences that have made you and now you're pursuing music and I you know I just love to know like what does that look like for you after being in this academic space for so long and how do you think like the two worlds are gonna are gonna interact I have no clue <laughs> <laughs> I've literally been like so nervous I'm like bueno part of selling the music is selling myself as a product I embrace my sexuality I, I'm it's not that I'm I am not conservative in the sense of the word, but like, I'm not naked 24-7 on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really not. And mm-hmm. I do see a correlation with like, you know, Instagram is the damnest thing. People swear they want you to cover up. You're showing too much. But why, why are those the pictures that get the most likes? What's going on? Like something mm-hmm. doesn't make right. sense. Right. <laughs> and the so algorithm. that, like, mm, you know, all of, I see that repente, everybody can see the picture, like whatever. So with that said, I just, I don't know. I post sexy pictures now. People know who I am. They know how I feel. I feel like I do talking than showing just because it's what's comfortable for me in this moment. I do see myself personally and professionally breaking out of a norm that I've built for myself that I'm pretty comfortable in. Mm. That's going to be very interesting to navigate because what's also tricky about this is who knows if I'm going to make it? You know, I'm optimistic. I think my music's popping, right? Um, but let's be real. You know, music is, it's a fickle thing. It's a very hard industry. I have to really put my work in. I'm not obtuse. Like, I get it. Like, I'm going to really, really have to put my 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 foot forward. And with that said, I'm 27. I want kids one day. I need to, there's a lot to think about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I have goals. Like, I don't, you know, so Ebola, like, I need, I need to get this together. So, you know, there's a lot of different factors. Academia, I hope they support me. If they really like reggaeton, and I say it often, if you, how are you against sex positivity? If you like reggaeton, like... Yeah, and I think it's actually less about, like, your academic work conflicting from, like, a physical standpoint, and more, like, do you feel like you can continue to be critical of the genre as you're immersed oh, in it? I would absolutely dial back. Not, maybe not in regards to... Like culturally, I'll always speak. That's my platform. I, I have that right to speak on culture. Music, maybe I won't dial back now that I say it out loud. Because now that I'm in the space, now that I'm in the studio, creating my beats, you know, working with producers, seeing the process on a more intimate level, because I'm very involved in every single aspect of my artistry, I get how difficult it is. I understand that at the end of the day, this is a business. You have to sell a product, et cetera. And will my mouth get me in trouble? I don't think it should. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I don't think that it should. And I I can't imagine myself being more careful than I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's like, chévere. Al final, these, these topics are difficult, but I'm not attacking anyone, you know? So I feel like in regards to critique, I'll, I'll keep the same energy. Maybe the frequency might change. Who knows? But 
I, I hope to continue this as my platform. Absolutely. Like a toco la gata is not going anywhere. That makes us very excited. Yeah, for sure. And also, and it's also nice to see you shine in this, in this like spectrum, Gata, because, you know, it's like, you're so authentic and you're so like real that I feel like you, it's very transparent. Your energy is very transparent. So whether it's going to be through talking about music or making music, people are going to get it. You know, you, they are going to know that you're the real deal. So, you know, excited for you and that endeavor for sure. Can't wait to hear the music. Yes. Um, we're going to be supportive all the way. Ya, ya sabes. Ya, ya tu sabes. <laughs> I, I, I was going to bust out my Puerto Rican accent, but whenever I'm like around a Puerto Rican, I'm always embarrassed because um, <laughs> I actually do really, I'm a really good, really good with accents. She is really good. She is but really, really just good. Like, yeah. It made up, it made up, it made up. You know, just, just, you know, we wanted to end up with some like rapid fire questions, just light and for you to answer them fast. And okay. the first one for me is, Rapidísimo, breakdown, perreo, jangueo, sandungueo. Perreo, sandunguero, bellaqueo. Uh, sandunguero and bellaqueo, they're, they're subgenres of perreo, which are all different BPMs of perreo. So they're mimicking the movements of sex in different BPMs. <laughs> mimicking the movements yeah. of sex? Yeah. In, Girl, okay. you don't listen I to don't, Perreo 101. You're not listening no, to Perreo no, 101. No, I am literally saying it because when you said it, you said sex low. You were like, they're no, yeah. sex. Okay. So that's why I'm making sure that our listeners, listeners heard that she said it's mimicking the BPM of sex. It's okay? mimicking the BPM of sex. There you go. Sin vergüenza, <laughs> mommy. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. In five years, I hope reggaeton is... A little bit more callejera. Just a little bit more. Demasiado pop. Demasiado pop right now? Uy. Demasiado. And, and speaking of songs, what is like, what is that song right now that you have on repeat or one or two songs that you are listening to? Se Canso by Bry and Channing. Se Canso by Bry and Channing. And... Yo tengo una obsesión con Yandel. Espionaje by Yandel. I love the, the beat. Oh, my God. <laughs> the most common misconception about me is... That I'm mean. I'm so nice. <laughs> Axial. People, who, said, who thinks you're mean? I, I guess it's maybe it's in person. Maybe I have resting bitch face. But, like, I don't know. I, I just, you know, people say, oh, my God, you're so nice. Like, with the shock. And I'm like, what are you expecting? <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What has been the best skincare tip you've ever received? I'm horrible with self-care. I really am. Oh, no. You know what? Everybody, we've been interviewing this. All these people who are like, I don't take my makeup <laughs> off. I don't do nothing for my I skin. I don't. And- <laughs> I just oh got Fenty God. Beauty, like the, the washer, <laughs> the, the, the wash, the toner, and the lotion. Ahora yo estoy but antes de ahora like i'd use like dove and spring soap on my face i know which is really bad but like i i have so best tip take your makeup off <laughs> that's, that's the best i can give you <laughs> i'm learning now i am are you a homebody or more or do you prefer to be out in the street after covid how can i answer that question <laughs> i know right everybody's like i'm ready Really, you're ready? I have anxiety. I'm a bit of a home. I'm really happy at home. I am. I'm a homebody. And I'm used to having the parties at my house. <laughs> so 
that would help bad. either. Perfect. Yeah. The hell parties are usually at my house. <laughs> Homebody. <laughs> your your cocktail of choice? Oh, tequila pineapple. I don't know what it is. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's my go-to. Best advice you've ever received? Really, really, really quick. I have a stepfather who worked as an executive, had an amazing six-figure salary, never traveled the world, retired, then got dementia. So it wasn't what he told me, it's what I seen. To live life to the fullest while you're conscious, while you're healthy, because life is way too short. Can't put on living till later, you have to do it now. Sorry not to bring the mood down, (laughs) but yeah, that just smacked me in the face recently. That just smacked me in the face right now. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I don't know what, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, (laughs) it's a beautiful message. It is. It is. And it's one that I think we all need reminders of because we're all young and working like crazy. And we're working like crazy and we're so focused on careers and growing things and assets and, And you know, and and, 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 the hustle. So I think that's really, that's a really important, important piece that you were able to, to glean from that experience, from such a hard experience too. Yeah. He don't um, know my name. He he only been to Brazil. Wow. Me, me rompe el corazón. He never, I'm always like, you should go to London. I've been to London. I've been to Italy. I'm like, I'm only 27. I've been all like, come on. Like, I'm like, ve pa Jamaica, ve pa Panama. No, no, no. Después que yo me se jubilo, ni cuál es mi nombre. Wow, that's so oh, sad. Uh, yeah. So sorry. I'm sorry. Uh... Okay, to lighten up the mood. Please. <laughs> <laughs> How many pillows do you sleep with? Oh, I'm a crazy, I'm a psychopath. I have like <laughs> seven. <laughs> Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, siete. <laughs> Literally I seven. It. Yeah. It's always interesting that question, Jess, because there's, I feel like it's the two. Or the eight, 12 pillows I know. that I sleep on. My, exactly. And then finally got that um, fill in the blank. I'm most at peace when? I'm at the beach. Yeah. I love the beach. Yeah. I love the beach. I was at the beach yesterday. <laughs> it feels me. Oh my God. That's so good. So, that's so, so good. healing. So yes. healing and nurturing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gata, awesome. thank you so much. This has been such an amazing conversation and we just appreciate you and the work that you do and your energy, truly. it's, it's Anyone who's listening, she's not mean. She's fabulous. She's <laughs> adorable. Anytime, Mujeres. Thank you so much. I've missed your faces. Likewise. <laughs> like, take care of yourself and keep us posted with everything, with your book and with your music and everything that you're doing. Thank you. I will. I will. I will. No se pierdan tampoco, please. <laughs> okay, so now all I'm going to do is like listen to some reggaeton for the rest of the evening. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm going to be working out to it. I'm going to go take a workout with like some reggaeton beats. I think that's going to be um, my feel good kind of moment today. And, um, yeah. you know, big ups to Gata. I mean, just like her, her story, like she continues to be so like empowering. Um, and, and you know what, just, I think something too, that I, I really admire. And I was kind of shocked when I learned about it, like this bridge with like academia and music, you know, sometimes we like to just 
uh, box genres, you know, in, 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 in certain places with certain ideas, but the work that she does and like the intellectual work, right? The research she does, the writing she's done um, to like expose like what, what a, a beautiful genre it is and you know how how important it is for like community um it's just like also something that i think even for me when we first talked to her we, i was like wait a historian like you know she's doing like academia like she's doing scholarly work with this like this is something that is so admirable like so inspirational when we talk about something at, like music you know that we 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 technically we really don't put those things together, you know what I mean? And that's something that I think Gata has done so well and she continues to do so. And she's just a badass. I'm so happy for everything that's coming and happening in her life. And I know only good things will will continue to to come for her, you know? Yo, I feel that. Professor Gata, I'm, Professor I'm, Gata. I mean, somebody got to give her that, that, that <laughs> tenure somewhere. <laughs> for sure. For sure. You guys can find Gata Reggaeton con la Gata on our socials. We're definitely going to plug her on ours. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, also go check out Loud, the History of Reggaeton. It was a work of love. Lots of amazing individuals and Latinos put their put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that. And um, we're really proud of the work and hoping that this creates more opportunities for us to tell our stories as always, you can find us at Wait Holds Up Pod on Instagram. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to us. We love you. We send you so much good energy and beautiful light. Take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, ho!